This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everyone, this is uh, Sean from the Bulldog Social Club podcast. <clears throat> as you know, I've, pro- I've never really gone out of my way to uh, to voice my opinion on things or try to get it controversial in, in any kind of way. Um, I made that mistake a few times on Facebook and I learned my lesson that the dog world is as crazy as any other uh, niche world that we uh, we humans involve ourselves in. So I try to avoid as much of the the craziness and the bickering and the lies and the and the and the foolishness that uh, social media brings uh, to the dog world and all other facets of uh, current day life. But uh, this is kind of an important issue because it is uh, a breed that really is important to me because, as the name of my podcast goes, is that uh, the bulldog is kind of under attack, especially in places like uh, Europe. Uh, in particular, um, Central and Northern Europe. Um, you know, recently in Norway, there was a breeding ban um, with uh, the King Charles Spaniel or whatever and the English Bulldog. And it had to do with uh, poor uh, health of these dogs. I implore you to uh, listen uh, fully to my next interview that I've done with a very reputable uh, bulldog breeder who was uh, who's been involved in the breed for a long time. She's a second generation English bulldogger, and and uh, you know I think that she has a lot of good points, and obviously her and her cohorts are are. Um, definitely breeding a, a better bulldog and a bulldog that doesn't get a recognition because of all of the silliness that goes on uh, in the dog world. And then especially dogs that uh, come with a hefty price tag for the consumer. Um, eventually, you know, who wins is the, is the people that breed the most and sell the most and uh, health and function functionality be damned. Um, and I think that's the real problem here is, that there's a market for these dogs and these markets are sold to people who don't understand um, animal husbandry or, or don't understand uh, the laws of nature. And they, they, they like a fluffy fat puppy, uh, but that fat puppy grows up to be an adult and it ends up having a lot of uh, health issues. But we can say that about a lot of breeds. Uh, and that's another thing that really bothers me about People, even people in the dog world who are are opposed to any kind of legislation uh, coming from uh, career politicians and career social justice warriors, is the fact that they don't really stand up for uh, English Bulldogs or breeds like the English Bulldogs because, in fact, they kind of agree with this. And it kind of bothers me because let's face facts that um, there's a lot of dogs out there that are facing health issues because of over uh, production and lack of awareness. Uh, you know, we can talk about Labradors all day, 
Um, you know, there's a lot of health issues with pet Labradors. Uh, there's a lot of issues with uh, golden retrievers. And in fact, I dare say golden retrievers have um, a poorly bred golden retriever um, is not going to live as long as a decent or well-bred English bulldog. Um, you know, you can look at that facts. There's a lot of issues within that breed. Uh, my wife works at a veterinary clinic. And uh, she says some of the most unhealthy breeds that she has witnessed firsthand are boxers, Dobermans, golden retrievers, and pet Labradors. She's, they're always getting sick. They're always having health issues. They're always having to have emergency surgery. Uh, and people are spending thousands of dollars to save their family pet. The biggest issue that she sees with the Bulldogs, in particular English Bulldog and French Bulldogs, is the, the pet owners that overfeed these dogs, where they have obesity issues and issues that arise because of obesity. It isn't their breathing. It, we want to talk about the English Bulldog because of all the, the, the people that are involved in it. I think it's a human issue and not a not a breed or dog issue. It's it's a human issue. And the over-reproduction of English Bulldogs is because the market uh, is, is driving people to the Bulldog because of the cartoonish um, character that people have in their mind about English Bulldogs. We can talk for days about English Bulldogs and and how the, the, the pet market is driving these unhealthy dogs, in particular dogs that are bred for color, dogs that have been obviously crossbred with other breeds to get a particular color. We're not talking about those people. We're talking about legislating a breed uh, because of the unscrupulous breeding practices that you see in many parts of the world, including the United States. Uh, I, I dare people to go to Norway and point out and show me all the unscrupulous English bulldog breeders that are breeding specifically for color. I don't think there's that many. I don't think it warrants the fact that Norway created a law to uh, ban these dogs, um, ban the breeding practices of these dogs and the, and the market for them. Um, in fact, I think what's going to end up happening is the reverse effect. Places like uh, Eastern Europe where there is no regulations and there is no standards and there is no active kennel club uh, making sure that these dogs are, are, are being treated with respect and love and, and given the opportunity to thrive as a puppy to the new owner. They, they're not, not going to worry about it. The price tag is going to be lower because their production level is higher, so they're going to be able to sell more dogs to Places like Norway and Holland and Germany and all these places that love to legislate and love to dictate how you should think and how you should believe, and especially the hypocrisy coming from these animal rights organizations. Today, it's King Charles Spaniels, and tomorrow, it's English Bulldogs. Then the next day, it's, 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 it's Rottweilers. It's Connie Corsos. You know, it's not it's not going to be your exotic bully breeders. It's not going to be your English bulldog color breeders that are going to be affected by this because they're going to do what they do anyway. Those people are living outside the law for the most part. They're living off. They're obviously they're living outside of 
of of standards. They don't care about standards, otherwise they wouldn't breed uh, Merle English Bulldogs. They wouldn't breed these tricolor reverse dilute whatever you want to call it they wouldn't be breeding that with if they lived within the standards if they lived within uh, a set of rules and 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 uh, morals they just wouldn't be doing it so it's it's ridiculous that these countries that seem to love to legislate people's lives don't really really pay attention and don't really intellectualize these kinds of things and i have to say that it's probably just a microcosm of today's society and these social justice type countries and these social justice warrior types that are legislating all kinds of things in the animal world, in particular the dog world, like uh, uh, dog training tools, like, um, you know, collars, e-collars and, and uh, prong collars and tie downs and all these things that people aren't really having an open debate and, and learning the, the science behind a lot of these things. They are just reacting because it brings in a certain amount of um, uh, social justice brownie points, virtual single, uh, signaling brownie points. Uh, but in, in reality, a lot of these animal rights groups have a, a different kind of agenda. They have a different kind of mindset, and it isn't about uh, hindering the, pro uh, the proper breeding of King Charles Spaniels and, and uh, um, uh, English Bulldogs. It's about eliminating pet ownership, uh, dog breeding, dog training, animal uh, husbandry. Uh, they want to limit all of this. They want to dictate everything that we do because it serves their political agenda. Look into this. It, it, it goes way beyond dog breeding and it goes way beyond animal rights and animal welfare. It, it, it has a, a distinct, a distinct uh, possibility that these people are involved in all different kinds of groups um, that most people in, in, in normal life, mainstream life, have no affiliation with and have no proclivity to, to, to support. But yet they pull on their, the heartstrings and these uh, fancy uh, lawyers and, and, and activists that will, will tell you all these statistics that don't make any sense but look good on paper and will give you the worst case scenario as it doesn't exist it's it's a paper tiger but yet they they win they're winning and i dare say i dare say that there's a lot of people in the dog world working show sport dog world that secretly believe these sorts of pr the propaganda um campaigns and secretly secretly are behind uh uh, are, are secretly for such legislation because they think it's going to uh, create a better environment and it's gonna it's gonna limit the the downside of dog breeding and limit these sorts of things and and it's going to uh, make their point of view shine their dogs and their working dogs and their hunting dogs well guess what they're gonna go for your hunting dogs next it's gonna be your uh, German wirehair pointers, your Jag Terriers, your Patterdale Terriers, your uh, your Jack Russells. It's going to be them next. It's going to be your hog dogs next. You watch your 
they're going to ban everything. Yeah, but secretly you're for it. Yeah, secretly the AKC says that they're that they go against these types of legislation. Uh, are are they? Show me where they're going against these types of legislations. Show me where they're going to the SCI and say, let's work on this. Uh, because there are a lot of, of Americans and Europeans uh, in the English Bulldog world that are working with each other in their particular programs. Why can't we re- reach across the, the, the ocean to say, well, we'll fight them over here so we don't have to fight them here? Where Where is the AKC and the UKC? Uh, during these sorts of, of moments of, of attack. I want to know. I want to know where these people are. I want to know, can we count on them when, when uh, certain uh, counties and certain uh, mun- uh, municipalities and certain states that have a proclivity to, to like to legislate human uh, nature, um, are, are they going to fight it? Are they going to fight it then, or are they just going to say, "Well, that's just that's just a, a, a outlier situation. We don't need to worry about it." You know, uh, it's just the people that in in that town, in that county, in that state that are going to have to worry about it, and they're going to have to fight it themselves. I just don't see that these deep pocket organizations are actually there for the people, and, and especially the working class people. It's like everything in life. Uh, the working class suffer, uh, the people that that are actually trying to make life better for us, for each other, are the ones that suffer because these people with these these stringent mindsets and these uh, uh, this ability to never intellectually engage with people who don't uh, agree with them uh, has created these sorts of environments that we were living in today. And it, it and like I said before, it's not just the dog world; it's it's everything in life today, and and uh, it is a microcosm of what we're dealing with as human beings of this world, as citizens of the world. It isn't these rich organizations that are actually uh, uh, suffering because of these sorts of things. They are the ones that are are causing it either by their actions or lack of reactions. And so I, I really f- think that the AKC, uh, <clears throat> in theory, uh, really goes and helps um, uh, fight a lot of these draconian legislations uh, towards the, the dog breeding world, the dog confirmation show world. Um, the in in essence, maybe even parts of the working dog world. But, you know, the fact that, you know, are they really though? I mean, it's just, it just, it just seems like it doesn't exist. It only exists on paper. It only exists uh, uh, words on a, on a website. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not involved with the AKC. I'm not involved with the UKC, these organizations that have deeper pockets than most. But a lot of these BSL bands um, uh, throughout the country, you know, I don't know where the AKC stands on this sort of thing. And 
did they actually do anything to to resist it or was it the people in these communities that have been able to reverse some of these bsl bans were they the ones to to do it were, were the people the ones to, to enact the change and and develop organizations uh with a shoestring budget and 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 to to re really resist these sort of uh, draconian anti-human legislation you know anti-free will um i don't know i don't know i just don't i don't i think what we're seeing today is just the very tip of the iceberg it's gonna it's going to implode in a lot of ways and i don't see um any deep pocketed organization that pretends to be on our side actually going to to resist these sorts of things uh because um their particular breeds are not going to be um they're going to be probably the last ones to, to suffer so maybe when the poodle world or um uh, you know the english pointer world or whatever uh the the labrador world start to suffer from this they'll they'll actually stand up and resist it but by then it will be too late in my opinion um so i don't know i just don't find it to be uh you know a, a good situation uh in an interview you're going to hear me reference uh i think the 2019 uh cross uh, where the uh, the winning English Bulldog was disqualified due to not having the health standards. Uh, my next interview, um, Elizabeth, is going to show tell you what exactly the reason for that was. Was because a hot it was a, a hot spot on the dog that had started to heal, um, and. It had nothing to do with any kind of skin condition. Any dog can throw an allergy to, to whatever. It could be from travel or a treat or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a dog scientist. I don't know canine science like I should. I just know from personal experiences having pets, they could develop an allergy to something that you don't know until you start to fig to, to look at it. and and then you can get it healed up and it will never come back. You know, there's a lot of environmental issues. I mean, the, the, the healthiest people in the world end up having some issues at some point in their life. And um, I dare you working dog uh, fanciers or your you confirmation show dog people that spout all this, you know, hyperbole nonsense about your dogs and your dog breed. I dare you to show me that, that you've never had to deal with an issue uh, as minor as that every once in a while. And, you know, and, and the, it just proves to me that these organizations like the, the, the Kennel Club in the United Kingdom, like the uh, AKC in the United States or the United Kennel Club or, or the FCI, that there are a lot of people in, in, in that world that are actually not really opposed to these kinds of legislations in my opinion i have a sinking feeling that that's the way it is in these in in today's world that even people in the dog world whatever version of that dog world you're in these people are involved in secretly kind of believe that 
they that they secretly believe that there should be a ban on breeding English bulldogs. They're secretly kind of supporting these animal rights organizations because they feel like that's the right thing, right? And uh, and and if you were trying to intellectually engage some of these people, um, you will be shut down, and 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 all of these uh, myths will come about. Uh, English Bulldog's lifespan is six years old. I dare you to show me a registered uh, show confirmation dog, AKC show confirmation dog, uh, from from the top 50 lines that ha have a life expectancy of, of um, six years. I dare you. I dare you to compile that information and show me. You're only showing these dogs that, that are bred from, from somebody's basement uh, these Merle Bulldogs or these, like I said, these tricolor reverse dilute or whatever you want to call it. I, I, I have a sinking uh, feeling that it's those dogs that are the ones that are uh, lasting six years. It's not the properly bred yeah, AKC show dog. It's not your, even your performance Bulldogs, which they're out there, believe it or not. There are people that are that are performing uh, in, in different events with English Bulldogs. And, and I, I don't think it's their dogs that are lasting six years. Um, so, and like I said, these people that are, are breeding these tricolor reverse dilutes uh, are, are the ones that are never going to be bothered by any kind of legislation, any kind of law, because they're going to breed anyway. They're going to breed anyway. They're going to figure it out. They're going to beat the system like they've already have. They're going to hang papers. They're going to do whatever they have to do. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. It's the honest people that are doing it the right way that will stop. And it, we're going to have more of these wet, uh, poorly bred uh, bulldogs that, that have unnatural colors, that have dogs not of bulldog origin crossed into them to make these stupid colors. And I and I guarantee you, um, the 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 breeding world is going to suffer because of these this draconian legislation. It's not going to improve anything. And um, uh, where is the AKC? Where is the KC? Where is the SCI? Where are they? Where are they in this? They're not resisting this. And like I said, I, I, I have a feeling that a lot of people in the dog world um, have these kinds of mindsets and they, you know, they don't, they don't see if, like the working dog world doesn't value the confirmation show world. The confirmation show world obviously doesn't value the working dog world. The English pointer breeder doesn't value the English bulldog breeder. The, the Rottweiler breeder does not value the, the, the Basset Hound breeder. But we all have things in common here. We're all trying to make our breeds better and more pliable and, and live a healthy life. Um, you know, it, it, to me, another, another fascinating thing is, is longevity. You know, we want our dogs to last forever. Well, I mean, what's more important, a bulldog that lasts 11, 12 years old and, and is healthy up to the very day that they die, or a bulldog that lasts 15, 16 years old, but the last six years they're on dialysis or something like that? 
I mean, what what's healthy and what is a is a is is a proper lifespan of a lot of these dogs? That's a question that again, most people in the dog world um, don't don't seem to want to have or have the intellectual capabilities to have. And when they do, they get shot down. So why have it? Why have that conversation? Um, you know, why ask the question? that why are we going after English Bulldogs and why do we have this consistent feeling that they only live to six years old and they live an unhealthy, horrible existence. Meanwhile, I've got an eight-and-a-half-year-old English Bulldog that is running around wrestling and fighting with my one-year-old Turkish Shepherd on a daily basis. You know, and he wasn't a, a, a any champion showline dog. He was an English Bulldog bred by a conscientious breeder, you know, there wasn't anything, anything, uh, he wasn't anything extraordinary. Uh, he's just a good, lovable English bulldog with that English bull, bulldog attitude. And he's out running my backyard, wrestling and fighting with my Turkish, Turkish shepherd on a daily basis. And he's eight and a half years old. Sure, I can see the difference from him at three and a half to now eight and a half. But that's all dogs, right? That's all breeds. But he's still doing the things that, that bulldogs love to do. And um, and like I said, he's not perfect. He's got issues. He, he, you know, the next English bulldog I, that I get, I guarantee you I will make sure that has all the – checks all the boxes that I need for a, for a healthy dog that actually can, can uh, live a healthy bulldog life. I'm just kind of really disappointed in uh, the the current state of affairs with the dog world and their reaction towards uh, the banning of English bulldogs, uh, just by carousing uh, certain uh, social media sites and that talk about this, and and I kind of get the feeling of it's kind of a of oh look at here, well we told you so, you guys didn't listen. That was kind of the attitude I've been getting from the dog world uh, about these um, current bands uh, of, of English Bulldogs and, and in particular Brickles, phallic breeds. Um, you know, what are, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think the idea is uh, we stand together on the, on, on the issues that matter or, you know, we, 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 uh, we fall it's like anything in life, you know. Um, I really do believe in rugged individualism. I, I, I think there's a lot of pitfalls to collectivist mindsets, but sometimes we do need to come together as a, as, as a people and as a village and as a community to resist the powers of be try to um, force down our throats. And without at least a... Um, uh, intense intellectual conversation where we could talk about all the uh, all the issues and the science behind this. Uh, you know, we've saw in England and we saw in other parts of Europe uh, veterinarians come about and say, you know, we should ban the the, the breeding of these dogs, uh, and it should be a, a select few to breed uh, either healthy dogs or just let the breed go away, and. Um, you know, what does a veterinarian do? He sees, he or she sees six dogs. They're seeing sick dogs. They're seeing the sick, sickest dogs out there. So they may see these really bad 
sick dogs. And uh, when a, when a, when an English bulldog is sick and, and unhealthy, it's it's visible. But never mind, you're seeing just as many or more golden retrievers. How about Dobermans? How many Dobermans die, drop dead at five years old because of a heart uh, ailment? My wife sees it. There's a lot of sad people that 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 leave her her place of employment because one day their dog is supposedly healthy and the next day their dog is is dead or dying and 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 it's not savable. It's not English bulldogs on 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 a on an average um, on an average day for my wife. It's it's your your poorly uh, treated, overfed uh, couch potato Labradors, your genetically diseased golden retrievers. Uh, what's the answer? Is the answer <clears throat> to breed other dogs, other breeds within the English Bulldog? Is the answer to say maybe take established our Bull Terrier and, and breed it into the English Bulldog? You know, making a five to twelve percent Staffordshire Bull Terrier into an English Bulldog and call it an English Bulldog. Is that the answer? Is to limit some obesity? Is the answer to put in a whippet? You know, five, eight, ten, twelve percent of whippet into an English Bulldog. Are you changing the breed and its temperament and, and the, the qualities of the dog when you um, put in these other breeds uh, with it? And, and my thing is, <clears throat> I'm all for that. I'm all for uh, people that are, are, are have these projects in mind and, and think that, hey, most important thing for me is an English Bulldog that can run, has the English Bulldog look for the most part, but it can run and has good hips. And if they want to put whipping in it or American Pimple Terrier, I don't care. Great. Love it. Call it something else. But it's not an English Bulldog, right? So instead of looking at English Bulldog people that are doing the right thing, they want to go for that fix instead of realizing, hey, wait a minute. We've got good specimens here. We can do the right thing here. We just have to educate these people. We just have to educate the, the, the wider market that are into English Bulldogs who want an English Bulldog. We've got to show them that these these Merle quadruple colored dilutes or whatever you want to call them aren't proper English Bulldogs. Those aren't Bulldogs that are healthy. These are dogs that have been indiscriminately crossed for a particular color. Health tests... Health be damned. It's not, it, that isn't the right answer. So educating the marketer um, and really hammering that home. And I think the AKC and the FCI, they have enough money to do these sorts of things. They have enough money to help resist. But, you know, what are the leaders making of these organizations? You know, is it, High six-figure con, uh, you know, salaries with limitless uh, um, 
discretionary um, income? You know, uh, are they driving fancy cars or flying first class? What, what, you know, where's this money going? You know, uh, where are they in this fight? Um, and unfortunately, we, I don't see it. I don't see, you know, I, I, I used to think that the, the AKC really stood up for uh, its, its, its members and, and, and really helped out. But I don't know. I kind of I kind of see it. Um, I kind of see it in the way that the way they're treating, you know, trainers and working dogs. Um, they're in, in these different kinds of breeds that have been banned um, in several communities throughout the country. I. Where's the AKC on that? You know, I, I don't know. I just kind of think that these organizations talk a great game, but are, uh, are not really, they're not really walking the walk. And, um, you know, it's up to us people uh, in, in the dog world, in any facet of life that, that is under attack, it's up to us to resist these sorts of things. And how do you resist in today where, you know, uh, resisting is looked at as only a, uh, only positive when you're um, supporting the uh, official narrative, you know? Um, so how do you resist? How do you fight it? Well, I, I don't know how you do it. But, don't ask me, you know, figure it out yourself. But my little part here is my podcast and, and talking to people uh, that have many years of experience and have a proven track record of, of breeding healthy bulldogs that not only perform well in a show ring, but perform well on the field and live healthy uh, existences up until their ripe old age of 12, 13 years old. Um, so, you know, we've got many people in the world today that are, are, are doing the right thing with English Bulldogs. It may not be the breed for you, you know. I don't want a German wire-haired pointer. I think they're great dogs. I think they have, they serve a purpose. But there's no way I would, I would want one running around my backyard. It just doesn't fit my personality. It doesn't fit uh, my family's personality. And quite honestly, do I like the looks of them? No, I don't. I don't care though. It, it doesn't matter to me that you, if I were in a, in a, in a, in, in a, at a kennel full of German wired hair pointers, I'd be fascinated and I w would want to learn every single thing about them. And I would love to watch them do their thing. Uh, especially if they came from field-tested type dogs. I would love to see that. Uh, and I would listen for hours to, to, the, to the particular breeder and enthusiast about 
the German wire hair pointer, but I would never put one in my in my the the back uh, seat of my my truck, and I would never bring one home because it doesn't fit who I am. So I don't want them banned. I don't want hunting with dogs to be banned. So why aren't these people from that community resisting the ban on English Bulldogs? Do they secretly agree with it? Because if they do, they're, they're pretty short-sighted. Because there's going to come a day where a lot of these communities in the United States are going to ban um, dogs from hunting with humans. They're going to ban it. They're going to ban it. It's going to be good. It's going to go by the wayside just like places like Oregon and California and places like that. Um, you know, I moved from the Northwest uh, to the Midwest because I was trying to get away from a lot of these uh, draconian laws and high taxes and all the things that go against working class people. Um, but I can see, I can see it happening in the Midwest. I could see there be a day in Texas, especially with, the new influx of people from these states that are supposedly fleeing, um, you know, uh, these these restrictive laws and legislation uh, and high taxes. They're going to come to these states like Texas, and then you watch. They'll ban hog hunting. And it's just not the English bulldog world that is under attack. It's every facet of our lives that are under attack. And the quicker that we realize that these organizations have a deeper and more um, sinister view of working class life, uh, like hunting with dogs, like training dogs to protect the family, like, uh, you know, a dog biting a sleeve or a dog going out hunting for birds or hogs or boar or whatever, until we realize that these people have a deeper sense of what they're fighting for until we realize that we have to resist them at every facet, however little and or inconsequential it may be. Um, otherwise, they're going to win. They are winning. They're easily winning in places like Northern and Central Europe. Uh, they're going to win in Western Europe, no problem. Um, they're, you know, a lot of these places will vote for the same people. Uh, it's like a lot of people that I see in the confirmation show world, for example, are probably a little liberal-minded, are people that are all-inclusive for various reasons uh, not to be named. We can all assume what I'm talking about. I don't have a problem with it. I don't care. But we see that they support the same people that are supporting these bands. So you're involved in a community that means a lot to you. You pour your heart and soul and your blood, sweat and tears into, and you're voting for and supporting these people that are not supporting who you are as a person. It's not because you're black, white, gay, straight, whatever, you are part of the dog community. That that community is as important to you as your own particular neighborhood. Otherwise, you wouldn't spend all the time and money and effort to do it. But yet you are f voting for and supporting the very same people 
that are against you and your lifestyle. <clears throat> it makes no sense to me. And I think I see that in, in all facets of, of the dog world, the working dog world, the training dog world, the bulldog world, the training dog world, uh, the show world, whatever it is. <clears throat> I see it. I see that these people that are, that have a certain mindset and are, are sh short-sighted enough to realize that they're supporting the very same people that aren't going to support them. And, I, and maybe that's life in itself. You could maybe say that about all points of view, uh, <clears throat> any position in life. You know, uh, people say that why why did so many working class people vote for somebody like Donald Trump? I get it. I get where you're where you're saying, but let's look at it. Let's look at the reasons why, and let's really uh, to have these in depth conversations with each other. But nobody wants to hear it. Nobody cares. The AKC doesn't seem to. The FCI definitely doesn't. Does the KC? You know, it is a British bulldog, right? Uh, it's in your backyard. Why aren't? Why isn't the the kennel club of 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 England, where the breed was was born out of? Why aren't they going to Norway and resisting this sort of thing? Why aren't they taking the fight for their members? I don't know. I find it uh, kind of disheartening, and I can see that there are enemies on the out, and there's enemies within. And until we realize that um, we need to resist both, it's going to continue to happen. And hopefully by doing my little part and everybody else doing their little part and spreading the word about people who are doing it the proper way and, and, and the, the way that are gonna, is going to preserve these dogs and they're going to do it in a way that is ethical and humane and is going to uh, are building really good family pets that that want a good healthy english bulldog they're out there people they're out there it's a myth a lot of these health issues from good established kennels are are breeding good healthy english bulldogs it's the people that don't live within the set of rules or morality that are, are breeding unhealthy dogs and they're doing it to make a quick buck. We all know it. We all see it. We can clearly, clearly see it in other com uh, breed communities like the American Bullet community. Um, you know, look, look where that has gone in so short a time. It's almost like the social media dog. It's the internet dog in the internet age. The, the bully was the original bullies even up into the the early 2000s to maybe even 2010 were really impressive dogs they were great dogs uh were they healthy or not i don't know i mean that's i wasn't involved in that world <clears throat> but they were really cool looking dogs and they they served a purpose they were the people that liked uh pit bull bulldoggy type dogs and it gave them the ability to, to, to intermingle with the family and have fun and do their thing and, and, and not have to worry about the over-aggression that you were getting from a lot of American Pit Bull Terriers and even your your uh, AM staff. So they didn't have the same kind of drive, so they were more of a family-type dog that had a similar look that people really liked. And um, I really enjoyed the original 
you know, first 15 years or so of the American Bullies. I really did. I thought they were really cool looking dogs. And so, and I would have owned one. Um, it, but by the time I was ready to, to, to in the market for something, it just didn't, it didn't seem right to me anymore because I saw a lot of the, the, the downside of what they were doing with color breeding and breeding to all different kinds of standards. And, and, um, so <clears throat> we get it. The market sometimes drives, um, uh, things in a bad direction. And sometimes the draw, uh, the market is, is, um, is uh, uh manufactured in a lot of ways like you know we can say okay i've got these two i've got this poorly bred litter but i'm going to tell the world how great it is so i can sell these puppies and then people start buying into it and the next person breeds to that standard and it just goes downhill from there um, but if you have any questions comments uh please feel free to share them to me um, I would definitely, um, you know, send me, send me, you know, some of your words. I'd love to s about, uh, English Bulldogs and, 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 and this legislation, um, share your ideas and your thoughts, um, send me, you know, some audio clips and I can post them on YouTube if you don't mind, or I can, you know, uh, write me an email and, and, uh, I'd love to, to show people the, the response, um, that I get from um, these videos about uh, the English Bulldogs and, and, the, and the truth behind them and, and uh, what we can do as a community to, to resist some of these sorts of things. I'd love for people to share their ideas. There's a lot more people out there that are more articulate and, and can convey a message in a, in, a, in a concise manner that I'm not always able to do. Um, so again, please send me uh, any information uh, and, and any ideas and any thoughts that you may have or share your stories about breeding English Bulldogs and, and what your yard is about if you breed English Bulldogs and how you're keeping to a standard and how you've, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, dispelled a lot of these myths that are coming out of countries like Norway and Holland, and et cetera. So, again, my email is uh, bulldogsocialclub. 88 at gmail.com. I'll put it on the screen so you can see as well. And then in the, in the comment section, um, <clears throat> uh, also, you know, I'm not one, like I said, I don't come on and do these lies and I don't come on and do these talking videos, uh, because I don't really enjoy listening to my, to myself speak. And I don't really enjoy talking about things in, in a, um, non-meaningful way and people aren't really interested interested in having meaningful conversations and obviously the youtube al algorithm doesn't either because you can definitely see the censorship on this website uh, how it has affected a lot of people with uh, alternative points of view whether they're right or wrong it doesn't matter um, intellectual conversations and hard-hitting conversations are not um, proper in our current society. So I don't really like to come on here and talk about things. I like to learn and listen to people that have, have actually put in, uh, um, the money where their mouth is in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, and hearing from proper dog readers uh, from all different mindsets has been a, an enjoyable experience for me. But that said, I, I do need people's help. Uh, um, I do have a lot of uh, time spent away from my family doing this hobby. Um, 
you know, what equipment I do have has been expensive. Um, uh, I don't have the greatest and latest equipment, but what I, what I was able to afford, uh, was expensive. You know, we're talking thousands of dollars for an iPad and an iPhone. I mean, so, um, any little bit of help would, would, would be greatly appreciated. Um, I'm trying not to put my podcast behind a paywall such as Patreon or Subscribestar or Locals.com. But I am coming to the point where I am not getting kind of the, the, uh, the consistent income from YouTube to justify my time away spent from my family to do this. Um, uh, without probably putting it behind a paywall. Of course, I would like, you know, lots of subscribers and like to be able to keep this as free as possible. Uh, so I'm not really begging for your money. But, you know, if I got, if I had 50 people that, um, uh, subscribe to my locals or subscribe star channel or something like that, I would, I would probably just change everything behind a paywall because I'd rather, actually see something for my time. Um, and I know that in today's life, you know, uh, a, a discretionary income is not um, as easily accessible as it once was, especially with these rising fuel costs and everything else in the United States that we're dealing with as far as inflation. Um, so I'm not really, you know, if you can, great. Um, if not, uh, eventually, I'll, I will probably, um, like I said, uh, put all of my interviews behind uh, a paywall. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so just uh, just know that I'm, I'm, I'm out here trying to do my thing and, and I'm not consistent about it because I have to uh, really schedule my time and, and, and um, I have a, a kind of a a rotating schedule, work schedule. I do have a career. I do have a job. So does my wife. So we're a working family that tries to provide for ourselves and, and, um, and our schedules aren't always as, uh, as, uh, we don't have, we don't always have free time to do things. We have things that pop up and things that we have to do. And, and so making time is, is, is not always easy. Um, but, you know, if uh, if I were to make a steady stream of of, um, of videos, I would definitely want to be compensated for it and um, show my wife that I'm providing um, more than um, uh, free videos on YouTube. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where I really support the people that subscribe, and I don't beg for subscribers. And if you think I have, then you know, tell me, tell me how I should not do it because I, I'm not out here always telling you like and subscribe and do all those sorts of things. And I don't have a big spiel um, uh, every episode about liking, sharing, and subscribing and donating and all that. So, like I said, I don't get on here and do a lot of that. Um, but uh, any kind of donation, any kind of um, uh, input on maybe uh, if you would join for three or five dollars a month through a paywall, that would be greatly appreciated. Any kind of feedback on that end would be um, something that I would take to heart, good or bad. Um, 
like I said, I'm not here trying to create the most polished, well, you know, the, the greatest looking podcast out there. I'm trying to convey a message and trying to get the word out. And and by showing you pictures of people's dogs that I'm interviewing, it just gives you a visual. I'm not out here trying to, to impress you with my video skills, which I have none. I'm not impressing you with my $5,000 video camera, movie video camera, because I'm not. I'm not traveling to different yards or giving you a, a fancy uh, perspective on, on a dog breed. I just want to give you the nuts and bolts. And that's just kind of my niche in this YouTube uh, channel, dog channel world. And so if you like it, I, any kind of uh, of help would be greatly appreciated. Any kind of donation would be greatly appreciated. Uh, it would help motivate me to keep going and doing more videos. And eventually I would like to be able to do as many as possible when things like work are able to slow down and uh, I'm able to have more free time to do these sorts of things. And right now I can't really justify taking as much time as I, I, I do now uh, doing these videos. And you can probably see the lull from, from the last couple of months. I haven't been doing as much because, you know, holidays and, and, and life uh, take a precedent and um but uh, like i said uh, if if you would be willing to give me three or five dollars a month uh, behind a paywall i would move everything in that or if you think that um there's something else that i could do where you would feel more comfortable maybe donating every other month or once in a while um let me know I, i'm open to to suggestions real suggestions meaningful suggestions um, and again, I will put my email address at the end. Um, other than that, um, I appreciate your time. I' sorry for rambling, but what I'm really trying to implore you to do is listen to my newest interview with a proper English bulldog breeder. Uh, she's been doing it for many years. Um, she she is a second generation English bulldogger. Um, she has a lot of great insight on this. And she has said some, some really meaningful things in this interview. And I hope that uh, you take a listen to this and um, come up with your questions and come up with your comments. And please send them my way. That, and I'd be glad to put a, put it into a video uh, and, and to, to really support what English Bulldog people are doing throughout the world that are doing it the right way. And so anyway, um, again, thank you for your time. Any kind of donation would be greatly appreciated. If not, your continuing support and spreading the word um, it would suffice as well. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening or whatever time it may be in your part of the world. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.